Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Low Season Traveller Insider Guides. I'm your host, Jed Brown, founder of Low Season Traveller, and this week we're delighted to be joined by Avi Lugasi, who is the owner and managing director of Windows to Japan, which is a first-class operator of tours in Japan, whereby the objective is to allow their guests to discover the very essence of Japan. Our plan had been to record a podcast specifically about the low seasons in Japan's many and varied destinations. But as the conversation evolved, we became far more focused on the unique and utterly fascinating culture of Japan as we discover why you should never be late, or indeed too early for that matter, why the streets are so clean despite the lack of trash cans and bins, and why, for the Japanese, the intricate details matter so much. Avi provides us with a glimpse into the heart of what makes Japan the way it is and why it's the unique culture of the Japanese people, which is one of the main reasons people visit this wonderful destination. Let's hear from Avi now as we discover the very heart of Japan. Enjoy. So, Avi, you are most welcome to the Low Season Traveller Insider Guides podcast. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. So you're, um, let's just paint the picture for um, for our audience. You are based out in Kyoto, um, in in uh, Japan. Um, I'd like to start by sort of just help us to understand um, your journey with Japan, how you've come to be in Japan, how long you've been in Japan, um, and then we'll start to get into a little bit more about what Japan means to you. You know, it's very interesting because many times people ask me, how did you come to Japan? And originally I'm from Israel and I'm more than 25 years, uh, almost 27 years in Japan, uh, in two times. And uh, many times they ask me and they ask, how did you, and I say, I have one word that I think describes it all and it's in Japanese, it says, Gwen, Kaomi connection. Many times I told them, the moment I came to Japan, I felt I was Japanese in my past life and it's not that mysticism or anything, I just felt so connected that I couldn't leave. Uh, but I came to Japan, I came actually to, um, I, st- I built houses in Japan, log houses on, in Mount Fuji areas. So I was seeing the beautiful mountain every day. But then I got so much enchanted, so much attracted to the culture and the people and everything around me that I started doing all kinds of cultural things. I started doing Japanese archery, wow. kudo. And then I went to a monastery in the mountains that didn't have, I stopped my job and I went to a monastery in the mountain that didn't have uh, electricity and water came from the water, uh, from, the, from the river, uh, water came from the river. And then and I got into a Zen and I spent, uh, instead of three, three months, I stayed one and a half year. Wow. Uh, I canceled my university. Then I went back to university, changing my studies to Japanese, East Asian studies specialized in Japan. And after university, I just came back, and since then, I'm here straight 25 years. Um, and I, I went to a Zen monastery. I lived there for three years. And when I left, I came to Kyoto, and, and, and I started that. I'm, and I, I started living in Japan. And since I was a guide since 1992, I, I continued guiding. And later on, I, uh, I, I opened my own company in 2005. And since then, we are what, doing what we are doing. Very good. Um, and so just to, again, point out for our listeners, your own company is um, Windows to Japan. Um, yes. tell, just tell, give us a little bit of an overview about what you, what you do at Windows to Japan. Okay, so first, um, I guess you notice that grammatically it should be Windows of Japan, not Windows to Japan, strictly speaking. So, but the, the of gives a feeling of you're looking 
through, you sit in here and, and there is a window and then you look in uh, off. And the two gives the feeling that you go through and this is what we try to do. Yeah. I, I think if you see that thing in behind, yes. uh, what uh, the, the vision we have is uh, touching life through uh, handcrafted tools in Japan. So, so this is very interesting piece because the lady who made it, they were actually all along the, the wall here, she teared the, the cloth apart and then tie, tie it again. It's difficult to see, but she tied again the, the strings. And we say many times we put together cultures and cultures. We put people and people together. And even the people you come with, you come with your family and you want those special moments that connect you together through tourism and that transformation. So we create those moments. Like she, she put together the strings that never connect in natural. So she, and, and, and this is what we do. And, and it's all, it's handcrafted and we try to create um, I, I say it's more than tailor-made. We handcraft the tools that we are doing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And obviously, you've been going since uh, 2005. So, again, you've got a huge amount of experience doing what you do and perfecting it. Um, I guess. And, and I've heard from uh, colleagues that I've spoken to um, about your your organisation that um, you know, it'd be a bit of flattery for you here, but it's but it's true. This is what I've heard that you are the absolute best in Japan at what you do. Thank you very much. Uh, so so Thank congratulations for, for that. Um, we, were, we were talking just off air just before um, mm -hmm. about the importance of, um, of culture. So I, I also represent an organization called the World Tourism Association for Culture and Heritage. Um, mm -hmm. And when I think of the word culture, when we're looking at different destinations around the world, Japan is one of those destinations that it just it just feels like that word you know culture seems to ooze out of every pore in Japan um, and when we were speaking off air before we were talking about the the first one of the first things that hits you in Japan is this um, this element of I suppose it's it's respect this absolute respect for for everything you know for others but for everything Tell us a little bit about your um, your experience of this kind of this culture of respect and why it's important for people to um, to understand that before they come to Japan and when they're in Japan. Okay, so there are many ways to, to go into it, but to give a bit of a background, <clears throat> um, anthropological background, I would say 70% of the country is mountains. So we have only, and Japanese don't build on mountains. I will not go into why, but they don't build on the mountains. So you have about 20, 25% that you can live on. So they live in a very uh, condensed uh, areas. Uh, and, and, and you can either fight or live in harmony. And Japanese, in a very unique way, chose to live in harmony. Harmony above all, nothing above harmony. That means, Let's talk politics, <clears throat> or let's talk Corona. <laughs> we are in the Corona time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We think we should open the, the economy now, and then you know you have to. to do it. And I think against that. I think we really need to um, keep close and until everything is safe, until we have the vaccine, we will not argue over that because the harmony between us is more important than our personal opinions, and that allows us, as people, as community, to live together, to cooperate, and to deal with lots of challenges. And, and, and Japanese do have lots of challenges. If you look at nature, we can have um, earthquakes, volcanoes, you know, all whatever we can have as, as, as challenges. And especially as community that, or, or society that lived on rice, which is very intensive, <coughs> and needs lots of work and very intensive and need the, 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 
the neighborhoods to help. I cannot, be, I cannot survive alone on my, on my rice field. I need people to help because in very short time, you need to work very intensively. So everybody come together, work on each other uh, uh, fields to help. So all that community came together. Now, there is a beautiful word in Japanese called meraku, which the meaning of that is, and it's very important word when you use that, this, that I don't disturb you. Mm -hmm. I, I avoid uh, whatever I can to disturb you. And I think I gave you the example that I'm coming from the Israeli, uh, from Israel and the culture there because of the Jewish tradition is that we are like a one family. So even if I just met you now, I can ask you for a favor. I can ask you to do something. I can say, oh, I can pass the line and, and because, you know, we are families. So what is the problem? <laughs> In Japan, it's even if you have family, even if you have very close friends, you will be very careful not to cross that space. And, and this brings lots of respect. And this is lots of, some people see it as coldness, but it's not. It's actually really, I'm taking care of your needs and you take care of mine. You see that in many, many ways uh, to create that harmony that people can live together and have a, a good relationship and, and avoid the, those, um, you know, uh, frictions. Uh, they have ways to release that tension that does build, but it's another uh, aspect. But really, they have the ways uh, around it, how to, um, how to respect each other. And, and they really, uh, this is one of the very strong undercurrent in Japanese society. Uh, it's, I think it's interesting as well how it manifests itself. Um, you, know, you gave an example off air before, um, which was fascinating. You were saying how, you know, if you were driving down the road and there was, you know, there was one lane clear, as, you know, we've had this in the UK on the motorway, there's one lane clear. And even if way, way, way down the line, you can see that it's blocked, you know, in the UK, an awful lot of people will, you know, head down there and at the very last minute nip in. And you were sort of saying in your example that that just wouldn't happen in Japan. Everybody would be, you know, respectful and not try and get ahead of others. And then at the last minute, because they, you're interfering with them. Um, and I thought that was a wonderful example because I'm, I've, I'm actually one of those ones. Um, I like to try and be, considerate to others all the time so I, I'm one of the ones who will sit in the line um, and you know wait my turn very patiently but it drives me crazy when I see all of these other cars streaming down and then I'm in that mindset of this petty petty mindset of well when I get down there I'm not letting them in <laughs> you know? it's it um, causes friction it's crazy it's it's really you know sometimes um, I really feel shameful if I really in how I do that I really yeah. feel kind of, I, in my heart, I already say it's gomenosai. I really apologize for each car I'm passing because I'm already yeah. thinking in this way. Uh, I do see sometimes Japanese do it recently, but I think it's influenced because they, they're quite influenced by, from the West and all that, but yeah. still it's not the normal. When yeah. you see somebody doing that, it's much less than the normal than, than, yeah. than, than uh, but in, in, yeah, they, they really feel bad if they do that and they feel shameful that they, they pass because that means I'm right. My, my needs, that I'm hurry, is more important than yours. Yeah. Why? <laughs> that, I, I love that as well, because that's, that actually links on to something else, which, um, again, I think our listeners would be interested in. Um, the, the sense, to talk to us about the sense of timekeeping in Japan. Um, and I ask that because, um, you know, in the UK, um, you know, if, uh, if I meet with, uh, with my family, you can tell Avi, by the way, that this is a sore point in my family. If okay. we arrange that we're going to meet up at one o'clock, you know, I'll be there with my family at, you know, 1230. Um, there will be one member of the family who shall remain nameless for now, 
who will arrive at least half an hour late every single time. And I always think, wow, the lack of respect for that is, is shocking. But now in Japan, things tend to operate on time almost to the second, right? What, what, tell us a now, little bit about that. I will tell you about something interesting. Mm. You will not earn points if you come 30 minutes earlier. You have to come five minutes earlier. Really? Not more than that. Because then you put pressure on the people that you, you say, let's say you came to my office one o'clock, now you put pressure on me because you came earlier and I need to rush myself. So you come five minutes before. It will be the time that somebody will give you tea and you yeah. can uh, sit. And, and, and it's the exact time that uh, you know, I, I'm getting myself ready to meet you. Uh, and, and Japanese, and again, yes, uh, if you are not on time, that's considered as very, very, very rude. This is one of the, because you're taking my time. Yeah. We said one o'clock, I might have busy schedule, and even if not, this is the time we should do it. Uh, so yes, absolutely, timekeeping is very important, but also on the other side, you don't come too early. So I, I found myself, uh, last week we went to a very amazing place, uh, a temple which is close to the public, we are arranging a very new and um, special exclusive experience there. And we came too early. So we just walked around the, you know, the, around that very beautiful area and there were some shops that to look at and all that. We looked at the world five minutes before we went there. We didn't want, because you come to, it's also considered this world. Um, I'll give you another example, which is very important to know for people who come into Japan. Yeah. Um, we had guests who booked quite luxury uh, restaurant. We're talking about 350 US dollars or maybe, I don't know, something like 300 pounds a person. They didn't feel that they paid all the money we paid it to the restaurant and and they decided not to go they didn't call the restaurant they just didn't feel well they decided not to go we got phone call next morning from the restaurant the moment we opened the the, the office and they said you don't want guests from you anymore your guests didn't come yesterday no, so it was not about the money they had the money we didn't ask of course yeah. it was about the respect yeah you guess one thing that the guests didn't do it they didn't call and the other thing is, even if they would have called, that restaurant, they buy for that day. And they prepare from early morning until the guests come in the evening because it's very refined uh, meal. We call it kaiseki, multi-course um, uh, meal. And, and uh, another thing is motainai, waste in Japan is, is very bad. You don't waste food in Japan, so they have to actually to waste it out. Again, matter of respect. We got it from the gods, nature, we don't throw it away. Yeah. So, um, and this is also, you know, Japan is, um, uh, Japan and the French are the only uh, cuisines that got uh, uh, cultural heritage. Mm -hmm. Now, the Jap one of the reasons Japanese got, it's not just because of the taste, but the way they use the, the ingredients is with lots of respect to nature and, and, and not wasteful. So it's part of it, how they use every piece of what they do in, in a way to, um, uh, so it's again, matter of respect. Yeah, I love that. I love that. When you're talking about the timekeeping, actually, the, the first time I was in Japan, um, as I mentioned off air, I was in Okinawa, mm -hmm. uh, which is a small island away from the, the main islands of Japan. And uh, we were walking around. We had meetings with, I don't know, the, the governor or whatever else. And um, you know, at one point, we were stood outside and we were having a chat. And I said, you know, what, what, what are we waiting for? And the, you know, the guy who we were with, the local guy said, well, you know, we, we, we're just adjusting for time. Uh, we, we have to, and I said, well, 
you know, could we just adjust for time and wait in there? He's like, that's not how it works here. No, 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 no. That, that's, you know, exactly the point that you were saying. But it was, you know, but it was, I was just amazed at how, again, that sense of, of care for others and their feelings and their needs. Um, that, for me, coming from the UK, blew me away. I mean, it was really just utterly wonderful. It made an absolute lasting mark on me. And that's, again, you know, I said it to you off air before, it's one of the reasons that I was really keen to do this podcast, because I really want to share that sense with other people. Um, so that hopefully they'll be inspired to, you know, to visit Japan themselves and, and experience. You know, we've found many people who come here, uh, they have this transformation, they say, oh, I really want to take this home. And I really want to, to live by that. Uh, it's difficult because, as you said, you will go then on the road and you say, I will not do that. But then somebody, you know, they start passing it and, and then you have to fight back for it. But um, in Japan, it's so easy because people do respect that all yeah. the time. And, and they don't need to be mentioned twice or even once because they really care that space that they create around each other or the respective space. One of the things I like, <clears throat> when you sit in a group in a, in on, a, on a table, you never pour yourself a drink. Yes. Uh, uh, and the reason for that is that everybody look what's happening in other people's glasses, not because they want to see, it's simply because they want to take care of, that shows that I take care of you. Yeah. So the moment you, you, your glass goes, immediately you will see somebody will, will come and offer you again. And that everybody take care of each other in this way, but without in, in interfering. It's, it's very beautiful how they do that. And it's a way to show respect and also to show that I care about you is that I see that you went out of, and you don't need to take, you know, a bottle for yourself, but I, I will serve you. Yeah. It's very nice to see. I love that. That, that was, a, that, yeah, that's, it's reminding me now as well. I remember that one of my, um, one mm -hmm. of my hosts was explaining that to me. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I thought, I thought that was lovely that, you know, you, you never pour for yourself, but you can pour for others. And, you know, towards the end of that very first meal that we had, then I was getting into it and I was quite enjoying the fact that I was able to pour out for others as well. And I felt, I felt, oh, I'm a part of this now. Um, and that, that felt, absolutely wonderful and and you will see that they will not do it like this they will not hold the cup like that they will always have another hand under and they will do it like this yeah and you put it in an angle to make it easier for you to pour it for them so yeah. all that is thoughtful very very thoughtful so they will put it in an angle and they will have it with two hands not one hand yeah. and all that because of respect yeah it's i beautiful. love it i love it that attention to detail and the care and i think that that comes across with the with the food as well you know you were talking there before about the the restaurant reservation and that just reminds me then about the about the, the food in japan and the care that's taken when preparing the food um is like nothing i've ever witnessed before i mean it's incredible it's like an art form it's really something else you know uh, 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 Cooks in Japan are considered as craftsmen. By definition, they're craftsmen. Yeah. Before it became, you know, in the last, I don't know how many years that uh, chefs became uh, celebrities, in Japan they were craftsmen all the time. And the craftsmanship was that. Uh, uh, and I think, um, interesting, one story that I like, uh, I remember I, I spent three and a half years in a Zen monastery, uh, six months and then three, three years. And uh, there is one uh, Zen story that I like, and I think this, uh, 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 really um, affects a lot the Japanese culture. Uh, uh, somebody asked the Zen, uh, Zen cook, what is the Buddha nature for you? Buddha nature means what is the essence of life, which is in Buddhism, in Zen Buddhism, they call it the Buddha nature. What is the essence of life? And he said, 
three grains of rice? And the answer was, in, in those days, one of his very important job is to, um, um, to separate the stones and, and, this, and the dirt from the rice. Now, think about people eating rice and if there is a small stone there and they break their teeth and all that. So he had very big responsibility. But on the other hand, because all the rice and everything they got was donation, they couldn't spare anything. So he had to risk uh, to use the, 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 the strainer or whatever he used in a way that he take all the, all the, the, the dirt out and the stones, and, but not losing even three grains of rice. And that concentration of doing that brought him to almost meditative state. So that attention to details is that three grains of rice is important as the essence of life. Whatever I do in daily life, everything, everything is, has its importance and there is not something that is greater than other. So even though three grains of rice are equal to the essence of life. And, and I think this is something that Japanese take very much in their daily life without knowing this story. Yeah. It's lived in them that everything is so important. And I'll give you an example. <clears throat> and, and many times you see that because they take their job very seriously. Even if you, you go to a um, supermarket and the guy is putting stuff on the shelves and all that and you ask him, where is the milk? Now the milk is three meters away. He will not say it's there. He will go with you. And more than that, many times he will run with you. He runs because he wants to save time, not for him, but for you. This is the respect. But on that, and, and the other thing is take it so seriously. You came to him and he, he, his job, it feels so important for him that he will go with you all the way to show you where it is because this is how he feels. He serves you well and he does his job well. So there is no, you know, uh, people who clean the streets or people who do, um, who collect the garbage, they don't see themselves as, they're really proud of what they're doing because they understand how this important is somebody who is a manager or a boss of a company. This is the way they look at that all the time. This is beautiful. I just love that. I love that. Yeah. I was, uh, my, my brother lived in Japan for, um, for a couple of years in Tokyo. Um, mm-hmm. And he was explaining to me, I went to see him in his, in his office there in, in Tokyo. And um, he was explaining to me how <laughs> I laugh about it just because I couldn't imagine this ever happening in the UK. But he was saying, you know, two things that, that struck him when he first started working in Japan was one, it's entirely acceptable to fall asleep at your desk in the office. And the other thing he said is that it is absolutely the norm to apologize to everybody else in the office if you're leaving before they are. Even if it's at 10 o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, you would apologize to everybody else in the office that you are leaving early and leaving them behind. Is that, is that true? Is that, the, is that pretty much the right gist of it? Uh, about apologizing, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, they will apologize and, uh, and that. In my company, usually they don't do that because, you know, we have half foreigners and half Japanese and they know that it's very loose. Also, people will not leave before the boss leaving. If, it was, if I was Japanese company, people will never leave before me, but they leave <laughs> with, no, with no hesitation, you know? Yeah. Uh, because they know I, I, I because in, in our company, I tell them never stay because I'm here or anybody, somebody else is here. You stay just if you have something to do. Yeah. This is, no. About the sleeping, it's, I, I, I never met that, that it's completely uh, acceptable. Um, but uh, I can see how it happens. Yeah. Uh, again, because you know that many times they will stay there not because they really have something to do. They know that. Yeah. So uh, they will kind of uh, close eyes to it. But uh, uh, definitely you will apologize if you leave before people, yes. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Look, let's. Um, it's that it's that respect and care. I mean, one one last thing on that was I was always very impressed in Japan when you you know when you go uh, to the shops or you purchase something, um, you know, stuff isn't just thrown into a bag when you've purchased it. Oh, Every, yes. Everything seemed to be, and it was almost ceremonial. And actually, ceremonial is, I think, an accurate word for this. But th gifts would be wrapped like a like a work of art. I mean, it was present, and then it would be at the end presented to you. I was thinking, gosh, this this is a shopping experience that's just like nowhere else on earth, right? Japanese culture is the wrapping culture. Uh, wrapping, not just in, in the physical that you were talking now, it's all wrapped. Uh, so one thing I want to say, it's very important to have very good guide in Japan. Yes. Uh, at least, uh, you know, uh, maybe not all your stay, but part of it, because it's not obvious to see things, because it's, they're really kind behind the veils and the wrap. Yeah. Also, the way we speak in Japan, remember, if we want to keep the harmony, we, have, we speak many times in a way that, that uh, kind of covers things, not to offend anybody. I'll give you an example, beautiful example with that. In Japanese, the most important, the verb, or, or the most important part of the sentence is in the end. So now I'm talking with you and I say, mm, I like Trump. And I look at your body language, and they do that subconsciously all the time, and they're very good in that. And if I see you, you are the same, I will say, I like Trump, yes. Literally, kind of, yeah? So it will be a positive sentence. Oh, I like Trump, no, because you don't like him. Wow. I'm not going to politics, but I can yeah. change the sentence by watching you, and, and they do that all the time. So it's a lot of wrapping in the way we, we communicate also. Read between the lines is the main, actually, statement. The between the lines is the main statement in Japan, but you need to, to unwrap it. Um, this is one. Uh, and, and Japanese really feel very strange. You, 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 let's say you study something. You study tea ceremony. And I'm having a cup of tea ceremony here. You study tea ceremony and you need to give money to your teacher. I study Japanese archery. I need to give money. I don't give money. I have to put it in envelope. If I give it as it is, it's, how it look, it's, it's very, very rude. Wow. It's almost to the level that the teacher don't want to teach me anymore. Wow, really? It's not when you go and pay for something in the street, but if you study or yeah. uh, something or something like that, that you have a connection, in, you have to cover it. And same goes to what you said. Uh, absolutely, the wrapping is part of it. So it's kind of too um, raw to, to serve it in this way. So this is not respectful. So you wrap it in a way that will be uh, very nice. I must say this is not ecological, right? <laughs> but, but they do, uh, on the other hand, in Japan, it's one of the most amazing um, recycle system in the world. The, the way they, what they do with recycling and how they use the, uh, that it's unbelievable system. Uh, but yes, they, they do. It's unbelievable to see how they wrap. Many times when I guide, I take people and I buy something purposely to show them how it goes into. So sometimes you have a box of sweets. Each sweet inside the box will be wrapped individually. And then you have the box and then you wrap the box. And then you put the box in, in another wrapping that you put in a, in a bag. So you have kind of all the way, like three, four, five, uh, until you get to the real thing. But... <laughs> It's definitely a part of showing kind for them. It's kind of showing respect. Some years ago, I would go here to the convenience store and I would say uh, they want to give me it in a plastic bag. 
I said, no, 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 no need of plastic. But it really looked at me strange. Ah, foreigners. Because it's kind of wood. Again, you have it raw in your hands. Now they understand more. Yeah. So even just putting, you know, you buy something and put it in a plastic bag was kind of, kind of wood. So it's beautiful to see how, um, how this really exists there. And I think one of the beauties of Japan, and very attractive to come, is that dynamic um, dialogue, if you will, dynamic tension between tradition and modern, tradition yeah. and modern. So you think of Japan is a modern country and you think about all the technology, but the tradition here is, is still lives so strongly that that dynamic tension is beautiful to see. And, and also in the small things like the wrapping that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, seems to be, it seems to be everywhere. One, one thing that I did notice, we're talking there about, um, you know, about the, you know, environmentally, the, you know, all of the wrapping and everything else. And it, it sort of reminded me this, um, I was astounded when I was in Tokyo, for the most part, I can't remember seeing a huge amount of, um, of, of bins, trash cans, Anyway, you know, because, you know, here in, you know, in the center of Manchester, like, you can't walk 10 yards without there being a big trash, trash can or a bin. Um, and when I was in Tokyo, I, I honestly can't really recall seeing much in the way of trash cans yet. And yet, it's you know, very, very clear. it's very clear. I mean, you know, spotlessly clean. And you're just thinking there's something, there's obviously something going on here. There's something happening that, that leaves you know the, the place so ridiculously clean, but at the same time I, I you know I can't see any garbage cans anywhere and it seemed crazy. Help us to understand what's going on there. So it's 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 a good one. It's a good one and it connect us to the beginning. Uh, people always the guests ask me what should I do. I said I am responsible for my garbage. I bought something. Even if I walk in a market, there is a beautiful market in the city center here in Kyoto. You buy something and you start eating. Now you ended with, you know, the stick or whatever. You cannot even put it in another shop because it doesn't belong to them. You have to go back to the shop that you took it from or you have to take it home. You're responsible for your own garbage. And, and this is again respect. So, uh, because garbage is a big thing, how to get rid of it and all that. So you need to take care of it and you don't put a burden on somebody else. Uh, I told many times to travelers, go to convenience store and throw it there if you really run out of. But now they took out the garbage, uh, most of the, because of the corona time, they took out most of them also over there. So you really, everybody will have a small plastic bag to, to keep garbage with them and take it home. And, and, and uh, many times, you know, people say, oh, my country is so dirty, uh, uh, we need to put more garbage cans on it. You know, uh, beans and all that, but it's education. We don't yeah. have any people, but Japanese do understand if I throw garbage on the floor, it's not comfortable for other people walking in the street. So they really take care of not the miracle, what I said in the beginning, not disturb others by keeping it clean. That's, um, and, and those lessons, I guess, that, you know, that comes from, uh, from the, you know, from school, I guess. Um, and I heard, again, tell me if this is true or if this is not true, but I heard and I thought this was wonderful if it is true is that in um in kindergartens um you know the kids clean up after themselves you know there's very little in the way of of school cleaners roundabout it's the kids from a really early age is you know this is this is your this is your environment you know you have to clean up after yourself and you have to have that respect as well. is that true absolutely uh, uh, they don't have cleaners at all well, and more than that the teacher clean together with the kids so the whole everybody cleans together 
Yeah. And absolutely, from kindergarten all the way up to end of school, uh, there are no cleaners in any, any institute, any, any school. They don't have that. The children clean and the teacher goes with them and do it together. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. absolutely. And, and, and then, you know, that, that's then again how you then start to understand that psyche of if there are no bins around that people are used to cleaning up after themselves. If we took all of the bins out of Manchester city centre, <laughs> I mean, really, you know, it would be like an apocalypse. It would just be a, a sea of garbage, I'm afraid to say. Um, let's, let's get on to, I mean, look, the reason that it was really good to sort of talk about some of the cultural elements is because, First of all, Japan is so rich in, in culture, clearly, and it's such a fascinating and unique culture like nowhere else on earth. But secondly, I think it highlights, you know, for me, and it was a point that you raised there just earlier on, is that, you know, when, when you're considering a trip to Japan, you, know, you really absolutely do need to travel with experts who can help you with all of this so that you can really understand more about the Japanese culture um, and get more from your experience in Japan. And that's, that's why it's important to have, you know, great guides and great organizations like your own, I guess. I tell you more than that. Um, we had some tools in the more early stages that people say we don't want guidance at all. And we saw in the end when we get the feedback about the tool, it was very, very different than people who even had just one or two days guiding. Because um, when I'm guiding, for example, let's say you, you landed in, uh, in Osaka and you came to Kyoto, I will take you to a place when, called Nijo Castle. And basically, I will not talk about Nijo Castle. 80, 90% of the time, I will, I will give you. As, as the say goes, uh, I will give you the, the fish pole and not the fish. Mm. I will give you the tools to understand a, a culture that it's very difficult to understand because it's all behind veils and it's very different also. So I'll give you the tools to understand why things are different than what you think they are. You know? Uh, and many people come with lots of, um, of ideas of how Japanese are. You know, many people think, oh, Japanese are this or that. And you have uh, our our um, fixed ideas, and I show them that Japanese can be decent. Whatever I say about Japanese, I can say the opposite, and it will be the same. Uh, it will be valid in the same way. But and, and to, to explain that, you really need to go into it. So me as a guide, I don't say every guide, but I know our guides. Or if you have a good guide, should give you a tools to understand culture. But it's very difficult otherwise, and you you um, experience in Japan will will be a very different one than, than just uh, walking yourself and think you can figure it out because you cannot. Yes. It took me many, many years to understand and until today there are things that I'm kind of, wow, where did this come from? It's still very, very different. And, and we are, you are sitting in, in the UK, so I, I told you before, I think the first British ambassador to Japan in the 1870s, he said, except the fact Japanese walking on their feet like us and not on their head, everything in Japan is opposite. And it really looks, you know, they look like us, the, the kind of, uh, no, it's very, very different. And it's yeah. very, very different also from Asia in general. So it's really, I really uh, make sure that you have a good guide. You don't have to have me because I'm not guiding much, but I do guide. But you have to have a good guide because that will make a very profound uh, difference on your tour. And if you already came, put the effort to have a good one, yeah. to have a good one. Yeah, you see, look, you've been in Japan for, obviously a great many years now, as we said at the outset. Do you find, are you, are you still learning things about Japanese culture that you weren't oh, aware of before? Absolutely. absolutely. Wow. 
you know, now uh, because of the corona, we have training in, in uh, for the, my, my team is mostly remote, there are a few coming, but, uh, and, and again, one of our top guys is doing that also. And sometimes I'm sitting and giving my comments, so I'm, I'm listening and always there are things going on and we learn. It's, it's also the conversation in the office are very interesting. Maybe we go into a, a Sometimes, uh, you know, we have a designer who is a foreigner and then working with a Japanese person on a tour. And you have the discussion, it's unbelievable. They say, the, the Japanese try to explain why they cannot do it. Because of this, because in all the discussions about the cultural aspects of the things we offer and, and that. So we go into lots of that and, and, and many times we learn a few things. I mean, quite, uh, quite a lot. And uh, also, as I said, that dynamic is, is changing all the time in Japan. So you, you have to follow up what's going on now because Japan is changing, but still that aspect of cultural uh, tradition is still there, but it's still evolving. And I must say, uh, tourism has lots to do with that also, because in the last few years, I would say from around 2014, 15, the tourism went quite a bit up almost vertically. Yeah. Uh, from, from hoping to have 10 million a year, to have zero in 2011, not zero, but it went down because of the tsunami that time, to come to 30 million last year and to, to plan for the Olympics this year about 40 million when originally they thought it would be 20, it's, it's a huge amount of people. So um, uh, it's, it's, it's affecting the place, but still uh, you have to follow that. And, and it's quite amazing to how much you can always see new things and new play, uh, things that you learn about the culture, absolutely. Do you, do you feel that, that um, you know, these kind of cultural traditions, do you feel that there is a risk of it gently eroding away in the future as the world becomes obviously a more international place, we have more international visitors? Is that, is that a fear that you would have? Um, that, let me answer you in a small story that happened uh, last, this week actually in Kyoto. A company sued another company. They're both uh, making sweets, and they're both making the same type of sweet. Very famous for Kyoto. Now, this, this suit was very interesting. One of them said, uh, the, the one that uh, had the, the lawsuit, they said, the other company claims to make this uh, sweet from 16 or something. So we're talking about 400 years ago. And, and they said it's not, but it's actually not. They, they are, uh, I don't know how many years later they started. And the other company said, no, we started that year. And, and, and then they lost the lawsuit. And so it's just to show you that tradition is so important still. Yeah, good. <laughs> so are, you, are, you, are you really from 400 whatever years ago? Are you 453 years ago or not? You know, this is what they were arguing about. They yeah. took all the effort and, and lawsuit in Japan almost doesn't exist. I mean, it exists, but if you compare it to other countries in the world, it's... it's, it's you know, the amount of lawyers here in Japan is really low and most of them is, is about writing contracts, but not yeah. about lawsuits. And so the tradition is very, very important. Of course, it's changing faces. And um, I, I, I cannot show you the office, or I could show you, but uh, uh, the whole office is built in a, in a concept uh, that I learned from a friend of mine who is a craftsman. Tradition is continuous innovation. So he said, we cannot copy what our ancestors did, but we can inspire by them yes. and make it relevant for the present. So you see how craftsmanship uh, changed in that way, but still very much inspired by, by the Japanese tradition and the Japanese spirit and the Japanese philosophy and the Japanese culture. You do see that. 
Yeah. And this yeah. really still uh, exists. And Japanese are very strong with that. Talking about that, Japan, for example, has more than 50,000 um, festivals a year. Wow. Which first, the festivals all connected to the stories behind and the tradition and all that. So you're talking about something that really keeps tradition. Yeah. So we have a shrine in every neighborhood. So we take the spirit of the shrine every year. We take the, we take the spirit out on a mobile shrine, carry it on our shoulders to bless the, the neighborhood. Well, and that brings the neighborhood together. And that really brings the community. And that brings all the, the elements of culture and tradition. That keeps tradition, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, Avi, I'm so conscious of time and we've, uh, we've talked so much about the Japanese culture that I'm fast approaching the conclusion that um, I think we'd need to arrange another podcast to really get into the, <laughs> the different destinations and the low season. So first of all, my profound apologies for that. Um, it's, okay, no. it's just that I'm so fascinated by the culture and I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm happy to, sure. to talk to you. Too. You know, it's, it's a pleasure to share this culture because it's really fascinating. It, it, really, it really is. It's, it's just, it, it blows my mind. And I just, I can't help but think, gosh, yeah, I, I do think the world would be a better place if there was a little bit more of this level of consideration and care for others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll leave it at that for, for this week, Avi. Um, I'd love to have you on the show again and get under the skin of some of the wonderful destinations in Japan, especially, of course, in their low seasons. And we'll absolutely do that if, if you're up for that as well. Um, But I just want to thank you so much for really giving us a great insight into into Japan and the people of Japan and the culture um, and that attention to detail which the Japanese have. It's been absolutely fascinating and thank you so much for that. Thank you. It was a pleasure. So there you have it. Huge thanks again to Avi from Windows to Japan. And please do visit the windowstojapan.com website to learn all about the culturally rich tours which Avi and the team provide. In the next episode, we catch up again with Arvi in order to learn more about the low seasons in Japan and what visitors can hope to experience during these times as we continue Japan Week here at Low Season Traveller. Please do like and follow the Low Season Traveller pages on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter to see all of our new Japanese content and also for your opportunity to win a five-star luxury stay in Japan. Thanks as always for your company this week. Have a great week ahead. Stay healthy, stay safe. Keep your travel dreams alive and don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, family and social networks. And finally, remember that now more than ever, travel is better without the crowds.